All right, we welcome you to the Lord's house today. Good to see all of you here. We're going to begin with a, a prayer. We're going to have a, this special prayer is for our schools and our students. So school starts tomorrow. All right. Hey, if you are a student in school, uh, stand up. If you are a student in school, several of you are starting kindergarten this year. Okay. If you're a uh, teacher employee in school, stand up. Okay. All right. If you're a mother who's glad school starts tomorrow, okay. God, God bless you all. Have, hope you have a great year, and let's pray. Dear Lord, we do thank you for all the students who are here and for, uh, for, for, this, for this year. Thank you for the students. Thank you for the employees, the, the teachers, and those who, uh, they, they not only work with our students, but they love them. And I, uh, pray, I pray for them. Lord, I ask you to have your hand over, over them, that you would, that you would watch over, over them, uh, that you would be in our schools with our students, with our staff, in a very special way. We ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody else stand up, and here we go. Running through all 
like a river. Your love is running through all my fountains are in you. All my so much for the opportunity to be in your house Lord I pray for each one that is here and I thank you for them and God I just pray that we would just have joy in you this morning God that we would just lift you up that we would praise you God and we would uh, just come to know you a little bit more and a little bit closer in Jesus name we pray this morning amen is 
resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. By your Spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected
better than you, oh, there's nothing, nothing is better than you. Good morning again. If you have your Bible, let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, 14 through 16. goes to the rest of the chapter. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. And there's an outline of this on the backside of your announcements. And a lot of this will also be on the screen. So the writer, the pastor there continues, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. I want you to see that. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Okay? I'm going to uh, take it verse by verse, but not necessarily in the order that we read them, but I do want to look at verse 14 first, holding fast our confession, that's uh, our confession, our profession, what we've said with our mouth, but it, it, in our day and time it becomes more than that, I've got a story I'm going to tell you that, that shows that, so I'm going to say our, our communication, how we communicate what we say, but in our day it could be also what we text, what we uh, tweet, what we email, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Romans 10, 9, the, that if you would uh, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, okay, that's our confession. And remember what verse 14 said, he's encouraging that church, hold fast your confession. It didn't even say necessarily your faith, even though he's going to talk about that often. But he, he zeroes in on that one thing, your confession, what you've said, what you're communicating. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The, the importance of that conf confession. Next Sunday when we baptize, I always ask everybody that I baptize, do you believe that you've received Jesus as your, as your Savior? And I, and I tell them all ahead of time, if the answer is yes, I want you to say yes. I don't want you to nod your head, okay? I mean, it's okay to nod your head, but I want to hear that, yes, why? It's confession. It's confessing with our mouth. This is more, a lot of times when we hear confession, we think of sin. Okay, nothing wrong with that, but that's really not what this is. Hold fast the confession. The confession, the profession of your faith. Let people hear it. Let people know it. Okay, so hold on to your confession, the profession of your faith. Here it goes with the next screen and on down on your, on your outline. Public confession and profession, when you say it, when you email it, when you text it, this is the truth. That's when things start happening. That's when, this is when things get done. And this is when things start to change. Here it is. I mean, it's a simple thought. 
and, and this part is, it's going to be as simple as, as you can get. But as long as you keep it, then no one else is going to get it as long as you keep it. Now, you may have it. A lot of you, there's no doubt in my mind, you've got it, this faith. You are a believer in Jesus. There's no doubt in my mind. But as long as you keep it, as long as you keep it in, as long as you keep it to yourself, don't share it, then other people aren't going to get it. And the reason the pastor wrote that, hold fast your confession and your profession, is because there was this tendency, apparently, in that church to give up on that. I just, I don't know why. Back up, get tired of it. Get, well, nobody's listening anyway. You know, you know how many times I've, I've thought that? Nobody's listening anyway, so why even do it? And that temptation, what, whatever it is, that, this, that causes us sometimes. I don't, I don't really want to concentrate on that. But what I want to get you to start doing is doing it again. Con conf confessing it again. So, this is when things really start to happen. This is when things start to change. It's when you start getting it out there. When you start saying it. When you start letting other, letting other people know. When you let it come from the inside and let it get out where other people can hear it, can, can see it, can read it. Why public? What's the big deal? Why is that so important? I already touched on that a little bit. We'll look at two things. So others can hear you say it. Okay, so others can hear you, <coughs> you say it. I'm going to deal with that second, though. And I'll deal with the second one first. So you can remember you said it. That's when things really begin to happen, really begin to change. When you remember that you said it. You see, God can do all kinds of things in your life. But if you don't share that, and God may have taught you all kinds of things, God may have called you to all kinds of things, but as long as you don't share that, then really what difference does it make? And really, what difference are you making? It, you could, you could uh, experience all kinds of things with the Lord. I'm, sh I'm sure you have. I'm sure you will. But if you keep that, and I don't know, all kinds of reasons, I promise you. All kinds of reasons why we don't, well, I'm scared. I'm scared of what they'll think. Uh, I'm scared of looking like a fool, you know. Uh, I don't, I'm scared of standing out. I'm scared of being different. I'm, I'm, I'm intimidated. Um, on and on and on. You know, it's all kinds of reasons why. I just, I just don't know if I, and let me say this, we're all going to wrestle with it. I don't know if I should say it. I don't know if the time is right. Hey, that's, that's a legitimate thing. Yeah, yeah. Wrestling with, you know, I don't know that I should. Hey, that's my every day. That's right now. I don't know if I should say that. You know, I don't know. Uh, wrestling with that, sure. But then there comes that point where after you've wrestled with it a while and you've, you've talked to Jesus about it a long time and you, this is what I'm supposed to do, this is what I'm supposed to share, this is what Jesus has told me, this is what Jesus has showed me, this is what Jesus is doing in my life, and if I don't share it, then so what? So, you can, so the second one, so you can remember you said it. It will begin to change your life. It will begin to change you as you say it, as you sh share it. Story I want to tell you, it's actually an email. Uh, one of our mission trips to Mexico, one of the girls who went on that trip from mm, Indiana, I think, was on the trip. Well, there on this uh, mission trip to, to, to Mexico, she understood, came clear to her, that to be a missionary was what she was supposed to do. She felt on that mission trip, God calling her to, to mission work. So this is what God's going to, this is what God is saying to her, what God's doing to her. She didn't tell anybody, all right? Went, went home, and that's probably wise because you got to, big things like that, you got to give it a little time. It, you know, is it real? Is it true? Is God really doing this? And so she gave it, a, gave it time. 
And I heard her tell this story here in our church. She eventually did become a missionary to Mexico, came here to our church, asked for help, you know. And uh, so she she told this story. Well, she hadn't told anybody yet. Okay, God's calling a young lady to missions. What happens if she doesn't ever tell anybody? Nothing. (laughs) That's my point. Nothing. If you don't ever say it, nothing happens. So she, she wrestled with it. What she did, got on her computer one night, typed out a uh, thing, a message to our international missions director. He's the guy to talk to if you want to be a missionary. So she typed out uh, who she was, felt God calling her, She said something like this. Is there anywhere you can use me? Is there anywhere somebody with the gifts that I have can be used? Do you have a place for me in mission work? Okay, something like that. Typed it all out. There it is on the computer screen. It's in an email. It's not been sent yet. All right. Let's just say... You, do, you keep doing that. You keep working on that. You keep rewording it, but you never send it. Nothing happens. But this, I don't know why that story just caught my, my imagination. She said, she said, finally, okay, here's what I want you to do. If you send emails, okay, your email page, I guess that's what it's called, and my email page is different, can, I, I want you to picture right now on your email page where that uh, little button send. Or if you don't do email, picture on your phone uh, that little, on my phone it's an arrow, send. Okay, can you picture that? So picture now you put the cursor up on that button send. Now click. What happens when you click it? This is, this is what caught my attention with, with her when she told the story. When you click it, you can't get it back, right? You can't get it back. How many of you ever sent a text to the wrong person? <laughs> hey, a lot of you ought to raise your hands because you send texts to me, <laughs> and it ain't, it ain't for me. Uh, some, I, I'm not going to tell those stories. Some of those are so funny. I'll tell you what. If I want, some of you can be around on my deathbed. I'm going to tell you stories because here in a minute, it ain't going to matter, you know. Uh, there, are some, there are some funny ones. You thought I was someone else. Well, I'm able to keep it to myself until I'm ready to die. Then I'm going to cut loose. When you click, click send, can you get it back? No, it's gone. You said it. You said it. Now things happen. Now, things happen. You can rework that email. You can reword it. You can pray over it. You can fast over it. And I encourage all those things. If you're going to send an email like that, you ought to work on it a while. You ought to work on it a while. And you ought to pray on that a while. And you ought to fast on that a while. Somewhere along the line, you've got to put the cursor up there and click send. Now, everything breaks loose. Why? Because I said it. Okay? And that's what I'm trying to get you to do. That point where, where it's, hey, I'm, I'm so glad that Jesus is working in your life. I'm so glad of the things that, that he shows you. Now this morning, I'm telling you, it's time to tell someone else. It's time to say it to someone else. I don't care if, you, if it's just me you say it to. Well, it's safe, it is safe to send it to me. All right, it is. It is safe to say it to to me because I know you're just trying to work through things. So why why public? So you can remember that you said it because it's going to help. It's going to help change you. Then back to the first one, so others can hear you say it. How many times have you come to church and your Sunday school teacher? Some of your friends, me, have said something. Wasn't anything new. 
Nothing you've not heard us say before. You've heard me say it, a, say it a thousand times. But you came to church that day and you just needed to hear it that day. You just needed to hear someone say it. And I know very well, I, I always try to give you something new. I always try to give you something. Maybe, well, maybe you haven't thought about this, this a lot. But most of what I say, and I, and I know there's a, there's a purpose behind it, most of what I say is just what I've said before because you need to hear it again. And you just need to hear someone say it. And you need to hear someone say it who means it. Who means it. That, that they're not just saying it. That this has actually changed them. That, that this actually means something to them. And they're saying it and they mean what they say. And I just needed to hear someone say it. I just needed someone to talk about their faith. I just needed to, to hear someone talk, talk about how they were ready to give up, but they didn't. I just needed to hear someone say it. You know what? Someone needs to hear you say it. Some, so others can hear you say it. I wonder how many friends of yours, how many people in your Sunday school class, how many people that come to our church, how many people in your home, in your school, in your work, they sit beside you, they stand beside you, they work beside you, they live, be they live beside you, and they're going through this thing or, or, or that thing, and they're not necessarily needing to hear something new. They're just needing to hear maybe something they already know, but they just need to hear you Say it. And that, I'm going to tell you, that's me with you. I love to go, I love to lead our small groups. I love to sit in on our small groups because in small groups, a little bit different than this, in our small groups, we talk together. And I get to hear you talk. And, and I don't tell you this all the time, but it, there's an amazing number of times that if I, even if I'm the one trying to lead the group, I really needed to hear you say that. I really needed to hear you, that you know that. I really needed to hear you share that. It, endless, endless number of times, you have bolstered my faith. You have, you have helped me along. You have no idea what I'm going through right now. You don't have to know. As the Holy Spirit moves, he moves through me to say what needs to be said. As the Holy Spirit moves, he moves through you to say what needs to be said. But the Holy Spirit can't move if you don't send that email, if you don't send that text, if you don't say it, if you don't send that card. How can he work through you if you don't share it where others can hear it, where they can read it? where they can get from you something. It, just as I said, you have no idea what I'm going through right now. You have no idea what I need to hear. The same is true with everyone around you. You think you know. This is the truth right here. You think you know. We come to church. How are you doing? Fine. Nobody comes to church with this sign that says, I am really hurting on the inside. Nobody comes to church and says, I really need prayer right, right now. Nobody comes to church with written on their head or on their chest, I really need you right now. But I promise you that they are. It's just not written. The Holy Spirit's at work, though. And as he's at work in them because of their need, he's at work through you because of what you have to give. Now, um, before we move on, before we move on on the, on the outline, I'm going to give you just one really simple statement. This is as simple as it gets. This is from the Holy Spirit to you, and only those who need to hear this will really get this. Some of you say, well, that's a fine thing to say. Some of you will, will feel the Holy Spirit dealing with you say, that's me. You need to say, say, the name of Jesus more. You need to say the name of Jesus more. Why? So other people can hear it. Is that important? The Holy Spirit's telling you right now who, who it is. The Holy Spirit's at, at work right now t telling you 
that's me. You need to say the name of Jesus more. Wherever you are, wherever you go. Why? So the people around you can hear that name. I wonder if they know I'm a, I'm a Christian. Tell you, if you start talking about Jesus, guess what? They're going to figure it out real quick. You need to say the name of Jesus more. And I'm going to leave it right there, and the Holy Spirit's going to take it from there. Okay? Moving on on your outline. Hold on to your confession, your profession of faith. Hold on to your prayer. And that came from actually the last verse. Let's, let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in a time of need. What is talking about? Praying. Praying. Come boldly before the throne of grace. Praying to help in what? I'm gonna look, I want you to ask you to look at the last word. To help in the time of what? Need. Come boldly to help in that time of need because that's why we're praying. Now, this message is not, on, is not on prayer. If I was preaching a message on prayer, I would talk about all, you know, all the different aspects of prayer. Praise is a huge part of it, but we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about that last word. We're following what the text said. We're following what he was trying to get across to them. This is what I'm trying to get across to, to you. Never stop asking because you will never stop needing. A big part of it is, is simply need. That's why you're, why you're praying. Don't give up on that. Now, here's what we do. You think, you think somehow, some way, that our church is tired of hearing about your need. You know what? You're what? Wrong. You're wrong. Can I get more simple than that? You think that your loved ones, that your friends, you think maybe, and I'm going to tell you, you're really wrong here, you think your pastor is tired of hearing about your need. You're what? Wrong. That's what I do. And see, when you don't share your need, you're taking away from what I do. That's what I've been called to. I've been doing this for 31 years. I was thinking this morning, I this is the truth. Thinking this morning, has there ever been anyone that came to me with their need and I got tired of hearing it? 31 years? No. No. I never get tired of hearing it. You may think that your church gets tired of hearing about your need. You're wrong. You may think your pastor gets, you're wrong. You may think Jesus gets tired of it. You're wrong. That's not all that prayer is, but for this morning, that's, that's what it is, need. And so because you may think that, well, they're tired of it, he's tired of it, God's, God's tired of it, I, I come and pray about this all the time. Sure you do, why? Because it's need, that's what we're praying about. Now, when it stops becoming a need, then maybe you can give it a break. But as long as it's a need, you don't need to give it a break. Why? Because that's what you're supposed to be praying about. Come boldly before the throne of grace. And I'm going to get into this at the, at the end. But come boldly before the throne of grace. Come boldly in prayer if you have a need. Now, if you don't have a need, maybe you don't need to come. But if you have a need, you need to come. Well, I've been coming. I came last week. I've been coming for years. Do you have a need? That's the question. The question isn't how long have you had a need. The question is do you have one? Never stop asking because you will never stop needing. Prayer's got job security. I have got the best job in the world. It never ends. Ever. You say, don't you ever get tired of that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. This is what I do. I never get tired of that. Job security. Problems never. People ask me, how, I said, people never fail to find ways to mess their life up. That, <laughs> I've got the best job in the world. Never stop praying because you never stop needing well, people are tired. No, they're not tired of hearing about it. Well, Jesus is tired. No, he's not tired of hearing about it. If you have a need, pray. 
We're going to have an altar call here in a minute, a uh, prayer time. If you have a need, I'm going to ask you to come. It's just as simple as that. Well, I've come before. That's okay. Because you had a need before. Do you still have it? Yeah. Then come. Then come. It's kind of like if you have something to share and you don't do it, you're not doing what the Holy Spirit asks you to do. If you have a need and you're not praying about it, you're not doing what the Holy Spirit asks you to do. Have you ever thought, and a lot of people don't like this thought, I don't even like this thought a whole lot, that God allows need in our life so we will pray? Why is God leaving that? Why did God leave that thorn in the flesh with Paul? So he would, so he would get over his pride for one thing. Paul, I want you to talk to me about it. Why do you think that, that God sometimes leaves that need? And I don't know what, why and what and when all, all the time. I, I certainly don't. But I do think that some of the time it's just so God will get you to praying. Well, I would pray anyway. No, you wouldn't. No. Because as soon as he takes away the need, you go off about your life and do your own thing. How do I know that? Because that's what I do. Man, you let a little need come in my life, my prayer life changes immediately. Need. Hold on to Jesus. Jesus knows what temptation feels like, but he does not know what sinning feels like. You ever thought about there's something new? He knows what temptation feels like, and this comes from verse 15. We don't have a high priest who can't be tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. He knows what temptation feels like, but he does not know what sinning feels like. He understands the desire to quit, but he does, know what, he does not know what giving up feels like because he never did. Jesus conquered sin for you because he knows that you can't. Simple thought, you already know it. The, the pastor has went over this time and again. Jesus knows how you feel. He knows your weaknesses. He knows where... You're weak, that means you're not strong. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows what you can't do. And he is calling out, come to me. I know, I'm going to come back to the thought because I think this is, right now in this room, it's prevalent. I failed so much. I've messed up so much. Or I have so much need that surely... God gets tired of me. You know that's not true. You know that's not true. And this morning I want you to face that. He does not get tired of you. He knows exactly how. Have you ever been disgusted with yourself because you're human? And have you ever, this, this is my thing, I should be over it by now. You know, I should be past that by now. But I'm not. And so I have to keep coming back again and again to the throne of grace boldly in my time of need. Two things I've presented to you I really want you to get. One of them is you, you need to start saying the name of Jesus more so that others can hear you. And you need to keep praying and not ever quit. Because Jesus never did. And he's dealing with you now about that. You, you have a need, you need to pray about it, and you need to not ever quit until that need is met. I'm going to ask you to stand. Musicians, come. This is our prayer time. And guess what? I'm going to ask you to come and pray. That's what we do. While they play and sing I'm going to ask you to bow your head and just allow the Holy Spirit a second, a minute to deal with us and that means me I'm right there with you I hope you see that I'm right there with you I'm right here with you I'm not a uh, in a different I'm not a different part of the church I'm just, we're a family we love each other. We don't give up on each other. We don't get tired of praying 
for each other. And I'm going to ask you to do this too. I don't have any. I, I, I never know from week to week who might come and pray. That's always been entirely God's work, not, not mine. I don't, I, I, I don't know who might come and pray. But this morning, as I've encouraged you before, and I don't like to harp on it, but I think it fits this morning. If someone comes to pray this morning, would someone else love them enough to come and pray with them? If someone comes to pray this morning, would someone else love them enough to come and pray with them? Because we're a family. We don't get tired of each other. We don't give up on each other, just like Jesus does with us. If you have a need, you may have been praying about it for years. You may have, this may have started yesterday. But if you have a need and the Holy Spirit is prompting you that you need to come and pray about your need while they play and sing, I really encourage you to come. Jesus' name. to the Lord. 